listeners. Hi, Josh. Danger Josh. Hi, hi, non-danger Ellie. Josh, or Josh, danger Josh. Sometimes danger Ellie. Is that better? Hmm. I like the idea of possible danger. Possibly dangerous Ellie. Is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we've quite hit on it yet, but we'll keep working on it. Okay. Well, let's let's move along with the uh, the intro here. Uh, we had the immense pleasure of speaking with Linda Brandt from the Twin Cities um, Lean In Circle. It's a true fact. True fact. Um, she was awesome to talk to. I'm really excited to get you guys this episode. Um, she quickly became one of my favorite humans. And as a... Uh, a gentleman who has long considered himself uh, an ally to women <laughs> and a feminist-leaning person in general, I have lately, because internet, been kind of s- leaning away, leaning back from... Leaning out? Leaning out. Yeah, that's the <coughs> terminology. Still haven't read the book, but I am going to. I, I promise this. Um, I've been having difficulty finding common ground with feminists lately, and I'm trying. Um, so speaking with Linda was amazing to me because I, I haven't felt that level of candor and honest discussion in a, in a long time. Mm-hmm. So... Funny story, a guy recently asked me what the word for when a guy, um, what's the word for it when a guy uh, is a feminist? And I said, feminist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not... Feminist. Yeah, you don't have to be a woman to be a feminist as far as I'm aware. There's a um, lot of different flavors of it, though. Mm-hmm, it's true. Uh, without any further no, ado... No, no, there's further ado. There's ado? There is much further ado. <laughs> The further ado is, you should save the date. What it, what what do they even need to save the date for? A live episode uh, event. What? We've already mentioned this, but if you haven't been listening to every single episode, first of all, go back. Yeah, listen to those things. Listen to it. Catch up. Uh, but second of all, uh, we have recently announced... Or are we're slowly parsing out details of uh, a live episode that we will be recording. We have officially locked in the location. The location. It's a beautiful scenic location at the River Room, which is adjoining the Astro Cafe along the beautiful Mississippi River near St. Anthony, Maine. The old Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We're going to be along <coughs> that. Along that with the twinkly lights and the city skyline. Mm-hmm. And we'll be on stage recording an episode with a certain number of guests. And there will be tickets to get into this event. And we are scared out of our butts. One of us is scared out of their butts. It's me. Um, and Josh doesn't actually care. I ca- No, I care. I mean, I you care. care doing you're it. excited, yeah. but you're not nervous. I'm not I'm nervous, but I'm not scared or anything. Not going to lie, you guys. I fuck up a lot. She does. I edit the hell out of that. But mm-hmm. um, it's okay because we still like you. 
Thanks, Josh. Appreciate You're welcome. It. You're April twenty fifth. Save the date. Twenty fifth. Yeah. No matter how many times I tell you, you won't remember. I swear, I remembered that as the twenty fourth, but okay. But it's not. It's cool. It's April twenty. Here's the thing. I suck at remembering the dates. So if you're like me, grab your phone or your planner or whatever the heck you're using and enter it in this second and and plan on setting an alert for earlier so that you can buy your ticket because yep. it will be limited and these things sell the hell out and you may ask yourself how do you know these things sell the hell out if you've never done it before as a professional humans event professional humans but i'm here to tell you that we are partnering with an organization whose events actually fill up within 20 minutes or so of them posting yeah so so this is gonna be like a big deal if you can get in so you're gonna have to pay attention yep if you want to go to this thing, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Yep. Pay attention. And Do all those Listen things. to this episode with Linda Brandt. And then share and like. <laughs> oh, yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> we'll we'll go back to the harping on that. Um, yeah. So that, that was some ado. That was kind of an ado. That was some hella ado. You practicing? Yeah. Okay. Going to NorCal. <laughs> it's, it's not called NorCal. Oh, my God. So much Frisco. to learn. So much to learn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now let's cut to Linda's episode. Three, two, one, go. Are we on? Yeah. Are we live? We're we're live. Awesome. It's in the can. It's not in the can <laughs> until the end. Hi, Linda. Hi. <laughs> uh, we're here today with Linda Brandt. Uh, She's one of the leaders of the Twin Cities Lean In Circles. Uh, And just a couple of uh, words about Lean In for those of uh, our listeners that don't know. Uh, Correct me if I missed any of this. Um, LeanIn.org was founded by Cheryl Sandberg, COO of a little company called Facebook. Tiny little company. Uh, Little little guy. Uh, In 2013-ish. 2013 Yeah, she wrote the book in 2013. Yeah. It's published. And the organization has grown to over 750,000 women in over 26,000 lean-in circles in 136 countries. Uh, and there are lots of ways to be part of the movement. And we're going to talk to Linda here about some of the local goals for the circles and some of the issues that women are facing and why what is bringing them in to those circles to have these conversations. Great. Sound yes. good? Yes. Great. <laughs> All righty. So let's start with um, help us understand what the, the catalyst was for you to start, you know, how did you start a circle or, you know, where did you start and what brought you in? Well, I was leading a women's support group in 2013 Mm -hmm. and it disbanded for various reasons and so I was thinking wow I really I was hosting a mother support group at my house and I was thinking wow I really like to have my own group again Mm -hmm. I kind of miss having that group that I check in with and so I had read the commencement speech that Cheryl Sandberg gave at Barnard College and one of the things she said was don't leave before you leave and for me that meant don't settle Mm. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard any 
leader saying that message. And I've been kind of waiting for that because I, I do find that there's a big push for women to settle. Like, oh, I don't need very much or I don't want very much. Just this bar little tiny thing, the very <laughs> bar low. And so I thought, okay, well, she's saying start circles. So I looked on the leanin.org website. There weren't any groups to join. I was planning to just join, like mm-hmm. check this out. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of forced to start a group because there wasn't one to join. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily at that point, I had a pretty good network. So I started asking people if they would join me. In fact, from doing the support group, I knew it was important to have an assistant. So I asked my friend Kaylin and I asked a colleague, Meg Nodal, who does social media stuff so people know her. She works at Hennepin County where I work. Mm-hmm. And soon we had a group of 12 on May 1st in 2013. Cool. And that's how we started. Wow. That's awesome. So. That's pretty big for a starting group. You know, and I, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good size actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And partly because the message of lean in sort of says, challenge yourself mm-hmm. and don't settle. Ask women who you really admire to come. And so that's what I did. I, I didn't go for the low hanging fruit. I thought I'm going to start asking people I really admire. Would you show up for this and mm-hmm. try it? Mm-hmm. And at the first meeting, um, we did lean in stories. So tell of a time when you basically stepped outside your normal way of doing stuff and went for it in your life. Mm-hmm. And I asked if we could record them, everybody said yes. Cool. Um, nice. And it created a particular kind of listening because you couldn't say, oh, that's great, or that. People had to just really listen to the story. Mm-hmm. And then people have this evidence, here's this time when you did something amazing. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of brought together my love of technology, plus listening, plus getting pe- together with people that you wouldn't normally have a reason to hang out with. And the, mm-hmm. the format of the meeting, so when you say... People have to really just listen. Is that the active listening part of it? Is that part of every meeting? That is part of every meeting that I run. Okay. And I feel like that is what is different about the way I do lean in and sort of a networking group or even a group mm-hmm. that meets in a work site. So mm-hmm. lean in groups meet in the community, in work sites, and in college campuses. Mm-hmm. Those are the three venues. And in the community, we can have a two-hour meeting. So we can have getting to know each other. We can have some business. We can have some sharing. And also we can have a good chunk where people talk about why the heck they came to lean in. Right. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the central piece because it's all well and good to pass your business cards out, but that's pretty tired after a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can do, maybe you can get the same outcome from LinkedIn. Right. The, the active listening part was the most challenging part for me of the whole night. And this is coming from a person who is challenged just by walking in the door with, there were like 30 strangers. I only knew you. <laughs> so that I thought that was going to be the hard part, but the active listening part, I was like, oh, that's tough. Not the listening part. I'm really good at that. The talking and having people pay, like totally honed in on every word you say for three whole minutes felt like a lifetime to me. It's like, I'm good. I'm done. I don't have anything else to say. It was just really intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the magic of how are you going to trust people? It was cool. If they don't squirm a little bit in your presence. <laughs> yeah, I definitely squirmed for sure. Did you have to get some kind of a certification or sign up or register or trained? Because you, you run these by the book and there's a clearly there's a different book from what I read about actually running the meetings. Well, there is a format for kickoffs okay. and it's a really good format. So I do use it. That's telling the lean in circle, leaning lean in stories. And also, so telling people, people tell these stories where they did something amazing, sort of, or leaned in. Sometimes people tell lean back stories. And they also say what their goals are. Mm-hmm. So each of the groups should really start with, 
hey, everybody, why did you come? Okay, what do we have in common? And then the rest of the groups should really go from that format. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at their format, and it was a combination of explore, do the sort of listening stuff and explore, problem solve, and then learn, more skill-based. Mm -hmm. And I said, mm, I don't think so. I think um, definitely skill building is important. We're going to do that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like this. There were things I, did, I hadn't seen that work firsthand. So I sort of mm -hmm. did my own thing. But I also know that I came to this with a lot more background of running this women's support group for six years. Sure. So I kind of mm -hmm. knew what worked. You had to keep it fun. You had to make people want to come. Basically. And you must have sure. known already what some of the issues you were going to run into yeah. were. <laughs> what the hot spots were. <laughs> did that inform your prioritization of how you formed these meetings? We did a survey. It's mm -hmm. called a topic survey. So these are the topics from the Lean In book, which Cheryl Sandberg lays out with Nell Scoville, the co-writer. Here are the topics. So we sent out the survey, I think hundreds some people have filled it out, mm -hmm. saying, here's the topics that interest me. And then I, we would use that to shape the agendas for mm -hmm. our large meetings. So I did inform it, I tried to inform our topics in a small group based on what people came for mm -hmm. and who wants to lead. So we're always trying to build leadership skills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the large group is based on what do people want? What right. do they come here for? Right. And then how can we keep it something that's skill-based so that it's not just a YouTube that they watch? How can you actually use the fact that they showed up in person and overcame any squeamishness about right. a bunch of strangers? They should get some big reward, I think, right, for showing up. So, yeah, really, it's just pragmatically, what have I seen work? Fun works, people being real works, yeah. people contributing works. So I kind of have lately think of it as passion. So you show your passion, you get people to be vulnerable in some way once they're comfortable, mm -hmm. and you show commitment. You show, I'm going to be here. My assistant's going to be here. We want you to be here. Those are kind of the three components that cool. I have seen work. Yeah. They want a lot. So the meeting that I went to, <laughs> just for our listener, which is which yeah. is, is right. Get in. Like, mm -hmm. Get in there. Um, but just for our listeners, the, I don't know why I'm looking at the microphone. Um, I do that. We, <laughs> we like yeah. Well, it's like height, eye height. The microphone is listeners. Hi, hi, listeners. <laughs> um, you're very shiny. Uh, the meeting that I went to was the first of January, not on the first, but at the first meeting of January. And the the main work was what are we going to talk about for the next year? And there were so many uh, topics, and I was like, holy shit, this is like four years worth of stuff. How are we going to prioritize? Do you get overwhelmed by that? About what to, it's all important. How are we going to go about tackling all this? Well, it was really a pleasure to prepare to come today because I got to think about what are the main points from the book. Mm -hmm. They're really mm -hmm. good. That's kind of a keystone. Like it, it should all come back in some ways to what people signed up for. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's what I've learned over the last almost three years. Right. What do I think is key? And then check with a bunch of people and say, do you also think this is key? And then do you want to lead on it? Or will you show up? Yeah. Um, I have definitely heard from other circles all over the world, actually, that it is hard to get people to show up. Mm -hmm. And how do you shape the agenda so it's something people will show up for? Mm -hmm. But also what you think is the strategically the key issue. Mm -hmm. Like I said, like I want it to be, I want it to be skill building. Mm -hmm. I want them to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and if a lot of them are leaning into leaning in, which is, I would say, the case for a lot of people, mm -hmm. that part where they're talking about why they came is the key part. Mm -hmm. They can get a lot of that other stuff on the website, a TED Talk from 
a networking group that's specific to their thing, maybe even from, I will give sort of a plug to the Minneapolis Mad Women, does some of the very similar topics. Mm -hmm. What's specific to lean in to this group and what our strengths are in this group? Because if we just have somebody lead on something that they're really, Sylvia Nestle did a great talk on confidence. We have it videotaped, it's online, it's great. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't unleash that woman in our group, it would be such a shame in my mind. Right. For Mm -hmm. everyone to know how great she is or Mari to see how great she is. Or to do appreciations at the end where everyone basically gets to say, here's what I got out of your talk. It was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they kind of give back right there. Yeah, it is such an exchange because so many people had questions and things they wanted to dig into, but also so much to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much, it, it, which is, it was cool to see such a balance of, you know, I'm good at this, but not this. and kind of matchmaking mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. in, in the meeting. It was cool. Yeah, and I'll say as well that I the one thing I I really like our format of alternating between large and small group, but I've mm-hmm. heard now that I've met sort of the regional leaders that at Facebook, for example, they do a program called One Two Three. Mm-hmm. So one hour twice a month for three months. That's kind mm-hmm. of like a screen. Mm-hmm. And so we don't do that. We don't do more of intensive things. So I have to in some ways scale back my ambition because it's once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's actually every other month for the large group. So Was I in the large group or the small group? <laughs> the small group was a large group. <laughs> the small group, you were in the classic original small group. Okay. That got too big and split into a bunch of other groups. Was it because it was January? <laughs> Do you it feel like it was definitely. a... It was like yeah. the, in January, the New Year's right? resolution group. <laughs> we recruited a lot of people in the last few months, and there was also the resolution. I said people didn't show up. It was like threatening the snow. Of course, people showed up because it did snow. <laughs> because it was January. It was yeah. a big. I mean, you learn that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Over the years, it's been great to see like people who come run into some barrier, come to the group, and give up. And some people persist. Mm-hmm. They come late, and mm-hmm. they know my style is. I want you for five minutes. Show up. Yeah. Like, do it. I mean, the the topic is lean in. Right. Overcome challenges. Come with your crying baby in your arms. Whatever it is. Right. Come hungry and like begging for a ride home or. Right. <laughs> However, you got to get there. Yeah. Cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's, of course, it's overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're on the right track. There's a lot of stuff to do. Okay. So, um, I know that in. You know, all of the, there's even a section about this on leanin.org, but they encourage men to join this. Um, what is your stance on that? Does, it, it seems like, because there was a guy there, I don't know if it's okay to talk about that, but he seemed like uh, not completely comfortable, like totally into being there, but not completely comfortable with whether he should be or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else was like, it's so great that you're here. So it was it was interesting. So I wonder if, you know, if there were a different mix, like if it was half guys and half girls, would the women shut down? Would they, are there things that they wouldn't talk about, do you think? Yes. And that goes for any difference, though, in the group. Right. Anytime you've got a mixed group, um, it's just more obvious in that case. Right. So, well, the lean-in organization has sort of a stance that more homogeneous groups, the research shows, can be easier to bond. Mm-hmm. I personally find it's easy, it's more worth my time to go for the bridging that happens when people are different. Mm-hmm. And that's what people love about our particular group. That I, Because of who I have in my life, our group is pretty heterogeneous. And that has its 
challenges. Yeah, it happens. It challenges. Yeah. We did do a group on sex. We're going to do one again in February. And in it's that is particularly makes it salient of what people are willing to say in a room. And people did great. But um, our the, because this is a new project, they didn't get the message right away that the group was open to men and women. Sure. It was sort of, I'm sure it was in there somewhere, but it wasn't a strong <laughs> enough message so that they did lean in together as a, a push, and it was sort of a corrective action in some way. But the only group, there is two groups I know that are, that are one in Idaho that's mostly men, and the New York one has done specifically, has really done a good job from the beginning of having men and women. Mm-hmm. But in general, they're tipped way toward women. And our stance is the large group will always be men and women. The small groups can decide if they want mm-hmm. to. Cool. Because when Ellie mentioned that she was going, I I haven't read the book yet or anything like that. So, but I was like, that's a woman's group, so I'm not even gonna. Not even invited. Her. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I didn't um, know because. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. How would you would you have wanted to go though? I think I would have. I mean, I, I from what I know of the group, it's it seems like it's really interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, like, planning on reading the book. And, um, you know, I have friends with mixed feelings about it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I I want to experience it myself and, and see what I get from it. So Most of the people I know that aren't really that into it are women. Mm-hmm. So how often does that come up? Because, I, you know, I'll get into conversations about gender bias or, or workplace issues And every single time, I swear, one woman or multiple women say, my biggest problem at work has been with women. So uh, how do we fix that? Do we need to fix that? What's your experience with that? Yes, we need to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's divide and conquer. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, My friend Duchess Harris suggested everyone read the book, Tripping the Prom Queen, and it's all about female rivalry. And the interesting thing that I took from as much as I listened to the book is that we are pitted against each other in every aspect of yeah. life. That men don't compete in their personal, professional, they don't like go across the board. Oh, well, I noticed this, 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 and you, you know, like mm-hmm. it just doesn't turn into that. And so we, there's a scarcity thing among women. Right. The, the whole queen bee thing of only certain number of women can make it. And we fiercely fight with those women as our real competition versus the other men who might be in the competition. Like, I don't want to knock out the men in the leadership role. I want to knock out the other woman because... And it's tied, about it's tied in a little bit with the likability thing. As women mm-hmm. become more successful, everyone likes them less. As men become more successful, everyone likes them more. It's a pretty different relationship. Why? Why is that? Well, because one, it's it goes against social convention of who should be in charge. Women should not be taking the highest spot when they could be giving it to somebody else. They mm-hmm. should be supporting that leader. They should be behind the scenes, making it happen. But basically, there's no room for women to be ambitious. You need to keep that to yourself. Who are you to, like, put your? you know, there's the, yeah, the who, the who are you to, to, like, put yourself forward like that. So traditionally, mm-hmm. um, you had to write your ambitions in prayer and in diaries I mean, that's the one place you could have your ambitions, but do not speak them out loud. It's just, it's unseemly. It's not okay. You, you know, we know the word for that. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it, it's mainly a perception thing. Like, there are only this many spots for women to be in, and you have to be a real 
you know, ball buster or go getter or whatever the slang term you want to be to get to that spot. Um, I came from Best Buy and we have like a women's organization wolf there. And I felt like that alone, like that um, widening of the perceptions of that culture helped more women become leaders in that organization. And I think like if we can start doing that everywhere and say like, you can just be a really successful woman or a great leader and be a woman. Um, I, I feel like that culture of having to, to snipe someone out of their position um, <laughs> becomes like less of how you, how you get that done. Well, yeah, and it's really mm-hmm. frustrating to me because mm-hmm. I want to see more women in leadership positions, but it's because of what I think we have to offer mm-hmm. if we are our true selves. We, you know, we are, you know, we, and, and I don't think this is exclusive to women, but we have, you know, excellent multitasking skills and we can spot when someone's struggling and help them and we can, you know, be really empathetic and compassionate and work to develop the people on our teams rather than just being that ball buster. I don't want more women in leadership if that's who they're going to be because gross. I don't want those women to be in charge of companies that we work at. So... So I think we have to find a way. That's really interesting. So I think we have to find a way to get into those leadership positions and be who we are mm-hmm. and bring what we have to offer mm-hmm. and balance it out. Well, specifically, when you take it down to the concrete things, of you're talking about being more communal in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually having to teach women to be less communal in how they talk about themselves because when people read recommendations and resumes, they prefer agentic. Oh, my team language. helped me get to this. Yes. I didn't earn so, this. My team did. Yes. So mm-hmm. we want you to be communal when you get to the top, but in order to get there, you're going to have to adopt this more acceptable, powerful language. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping you're not going to lose that along the way. But I, that's what I think about a lot. Like, there are the women who, they're going to be in charge. You're not going to stop <laughs> them. You know, and that's not the really the behavior that we particularly want <laughs> to see more represented. We right. kind of feel like that's already right. represented. And I have said that for a long I am not <laughs> fighting for... You know, the old, boys, the old boys club with now women. The same style of leadership, the same individualistic thinking, the same, like, I'm better than other people. Like, all of that is not what I'm... I'm really more about lean in for everyone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bridging those gaps so that we include the woman down the street at the hardware store. And she didn't quite make it in the group, but it's like, I at least got closer. She came right. to the group. Right. You know, and... And we've got, it wasn't the most friendly group for her to go to, but whatever, it was too many barriers for her, but it's like, that bridging is really key to what I'm trying to pull off. Right. And you're not way off with thinking that, um, this fighting among women is invisible to a lot of people. I, when I have brought this up, especially younger women will say, what, what are you talking about? It's mostly women I work with. We don't have any problems with each other. Okay. Ask older women across the board. They know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They're like... I don't need to be filled in on this story. <laughs> you know, and that's I got my actually, own story. <laughs> the more I've been part of this Lena project, the more I've heard these undermining stories that just don't get talked about because mm-hmm. what are you what do you look like when you tell the story of somebody who stole your company or a bad feminist? <laughs> <laughs> you well you also I, I don't know, but those stories are sort of taboo in a lot of ways because you were mm-hmm. kind of going for something and somebody and you didn't see it coming. Right. And it's yeah, it, it's been quite an education to see the way we, uh, the stuff we don't talk about around 
being, being attacked. Mm-hmm. And I also see women who don't want, I mean, this is the thing, when you were telling the story of women who say, ooh, lean in, it's, I usually get, ooh, I don't want to lead. And I'm like, <laughs> we need you to lead. You gotta, somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> it's currently not working that well for all of us to be opting out of leading. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the results. Are you, are you okay with this? Do you want this for your children? I mean, and again, I, I, I'm kind of not embarrassed, but it's a little strange. Um, there's a book called Necessary Dreams, and it's just basically about ambition. And mm-hmm. she says, ambition is not just wanting for your family. It has to go beyond your family. And I didn't understand that definition of ambition. Mm-hmm. And so here I'm part of an organization that's all about going after women's ambition. I better find out what ambition is. Right. And, and I think that's, that's missing for a lot of us. We think, mm-hmm. if I just go after my own little safe, and I would say settle for just my own little safe zone, mm-hmm. it's not good enough because we it's are... Not- connected to a larger community and you know what you will suffer the consequences of of hand, be, of being you know doing the best with your with your crumbs but mm-hmm. yeah well I think it's um I've heard Nancy Lyons and Megan Wilker from Clockwork talk about this is that's great if you're the kind of woman that has gotten yourself into these leadership roles mm-hmm. now go talk about it in your community so that the high school girls and the elementary school girls and all the girls in your community have those people to look up to. Mm-hmm. Just get get out of your office and talk about what you do so that um, just the, regardless of what you say or how involved you are, just your presence in the community shows girls mm-hmm. that are trying to find their way that there are options. Yes. Well, and I think it, show, it would show the boys as well like, hey, here's normal. here's this thing. And, like, I mean, honestly, I had so little exposure to women in leadership as I was growing up mm-hmm. that, I mean, I just, like, it, it, the only perceptions you have at that point are TV and movies. My, and, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I just know? realized that I never questioned. My mom owned her own business. She was the boss of the household and mm-hmm. I never questioned being a business leader like that was it, was, it never occurred to me that mm-hmm. I couldn't do that yep so it's all about I was very lucky that that's who she was mm-hmm. um okay switching gears just a little bit one thing that I noticed or that I notice is it seems it, it seems sometimes in these groups we talk about looking for more acceptance in how we are as women and I think that that you know some of the the differences in the way we compose ourselves or or don't in you know emotional or challenging situations at work uh, that we're looking for more acceptance in our approach to those and I think I personally feel like there are some limits to that that there are things we can do to I guess to to help. So I recently had a situation where I had a lot of feelings about something and I needed to talk to someone at work about it. And I went to two people instead of just directly to the person that I needed to talk to. I had a pit stop with someone really safe where I got all of my feelings out first Mm -hmm. so that I could have my composure when I wanted to lay out the facts about 
what I was what I was thinking. Because I needed mm-hmm. to have first a conversation about how I felt with someone safe, and then a conversation about what I thought. And I needed to separate those two. And I don't think it's unreasonable to do that. What do you think about that? I mean, do you think that that is, I don't think it's completely our responsibility, but it sure doesn't hurt to, mm-hmm. to you know, to buffer some of that feeling stuff. I agree with what you're saying, that more of us need the tools to separate our thinking from our feelings. Mm-hmm. Because your feelings are not going to lead to rational right right and i don't think this is specific to women no it's not yeah i it's the yelling that happens in offices (laughs) right i'm i'm sorry you all have to be in the office now i can't stand not being able to reach you it's just like it's just feelings yeah and we need to get to the thinking so yeah i mean nancy lines is a great example of someone who talks about you need to have emotional intelligence at work you need to make room for that the leaders have to make room for that yes Mm -hmm. and then people are going to make healthier decisions. So I'm completely with you, but I, I think it's a, a place in which women are held back because they're seen as weak. Be showing that we're very much, when you show any vulnerability, you're seen as weak, and we, that's something we want to change. But currently, you are going to look weak and foolish right. for like being so upset about something that's not personal. And in fact, many people have said women make bad managers because they're too emotional. They take everything too personally. They, you can't give them criticism. Well, they're putting more of their heart into their work right. in many cases, and so things do feel very emotional. And and I think in some ways, they, like you said, they have to sort of suffer the consequences of what they're doing. Right. And if you don't have the tools to do it, maybe it doesn't make sense to do it. Right. This kind of questioning has always made me wonder why we accept it when, because we've all had that boss where you don't want to make them mad because they will just flip out. And why do we accept that? Like, why do we accept that? Yes. emotional behavior mm-hmm. and we don't accept when someone is is moved to tears for whatever reason or anything like that and i i've never understood it yeah um, why doesn't anger make <laughs> men look weak? <laughs> <laughs> because you can't like hey that guy can't hold in his aggression <laughs> what a weakling mm-hmm. you know i actually I, do think that <laughs> yeah I, I honestly i i don't like it when people do that because i i don't understand why they can't just Kind of shit together. take a moment, clear their head, and then come back to this. Because it, it, no one makes good decisions in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, it's the back of my head is, is still the question that I've been wrestling with that you brought up before we started the conversation, which is, what is it the thing, what is the thing that makes it difficult for women in general to lean in, and why is this important? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that anger thing gets at it. It's like, there is always a history of violence that's behind any group being lower. And we don't mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. But there is a way that that man who's dominating at his office, mm-hmm. probably learned that from his dad, mm-hmm. maybe blames his mom for controlling him, but it was probably his dad who taught him, this is how you get stuff done. And the, mm-hmm. and the girls learned, be careful, be careful, be careful. And that's the beginning of the, I'm not going to put myself out there to get attacked. Every time a female leader gets attacked, all the women learn, you know what? I think I'm happy doing my own thing someplace else. I don't think I want to be smeared in the media. I mean, watching Betsy Hodges get attacked around the pointing thing. The pointer gate? Oh, Oh my God. The pointer gate. Like, she handled it well, but it was a lesson for all Mm -hmm. the women of, like, you know, don't get too big. Don't, Mm -hmm. like, put yourself out there. You're going to be, you're going to need to deal with that. Yeah. And and for me, it's the thing that's missing from the Lean In book that I often say is, 
you could come away from the leading book saying, why aren't women stronger? Why are they settling for being a second-class citizen? Well, in the footnotes of the book, Shel um, Sandberg did her undergraduate thesis on the economics of domestic violence. Oh. She clearly knows that violence and probably sexual abuse and all of the things that are disproportionately happening to girls are part of the reason that they look weak and stupid and are not putting themselves out there. There is a history and a context. Yeah that we don't like to talk about because it makes everybody right. uncomfortable and why aren't they over it and don't we have mental health system for that? That early training and watching it happen to other people when you're female, you learn from that. Uh, wait a minute. I, I don't need to ask for what I want. Why do women not negotiate? Well, they don't have the same history of feeling powerful. They don't right. have the same... They've been undermined. I mean, now we're seeing more videos of all the ways that women and girls are undermined. On a daily yeah. basis, if you don't look at any of that stuff, you just wonder what is going on with this group. Yeah. Why haven't they had more leaders? Yeah. Why aren't you know they're the ones who are pushing out the babies? They they do these really amazing things. Why don't they take that on? Why are they why are they so meek? And so well, yeah, that's interesting because I um, I spent a lot of time thinking about this when my kids were really little because I, I learned it in a in an early childhood class, you know, when they're babies that. There's this parenting thing that happens where when you are stressed out, the baby's been crying for 20 minutes, it won't go to sleep, you don't mm -hmm. know what it needs, oh my god, I'm so stressed out. You have this reaction that is um, totally instinctual and you revert back to whatever your parents did. Mm -hmm. And so so you have to like force yourself out of those behaviors and, and you know, do exercises or whatever it takes to, to not revert to those instincts. And for me it was because I would start to get like tense and angry because my, you know, I came from a, not a very safe upbringing mm -hmm. and, and I revert back with anger. Like my instinct is anger and I had to work really hard to break that. Um, and I think that that when I got into some work situations after that, with that perspective, I was like, holy shit, they're acting the way their parents acted. This is instinct. Mm -hmm. They're not rational at all. And I would just like, <laughs> I need to walk away because you mm -hmm. are not in control of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Mm -hmm. But if you, it's parenting and it's managing people. It's all it, when things are stressful, it, you go to instinct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is the emotional intelligence that we think that women are going to bring to the workplace and to running countries and organizations and and that men are going to need to learn to run ho households. It's going to be these skills which are going to be so teach. great. Yeah, you have to learn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's important for us to learn from it too. Yes. And I was raised in a household uh, that was run by a very powerful woman. And uh, I I feel like I'm, I'm better for that experience. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, I did have strong male role models in my life as well, but um, you know, I, I feel like I, I got a little of that emotional intelligence from that. I don't always listen to it, but <laughs> you know. it's hard to keep it in check every day. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for women who? Uh, this might not be the question you're expecting. Right. What is your advice <laughs> for the women who don't think they need to lean in? It's a hard question because. If the person is connected to me, I probably know the ways that they already lean in. Mm -hmm. And that they might not know. And I wonder what it means to them. Mm -hmm. I, I, would, I would really just go to, what is it that you're afraid of here? Or what's, 
what's the threat here? Like, mm-hmm. what's the what's the belief system that's different from what I'm throwing out? Like, because a lot of times I'll say, lean into your ambitions or having a profound influence in the world. Do you ha- want to have a profound influence in the world? Because if you don't want to lead and you don't want to have a pro- profound influence in the world, you're probably fine. <laughs> See ya when you do, because that's what this is about. <laughs> right. And I mean, I love that this organization is non-political. Yeah. Um, I love that Condoleezza Rice is on the website and people who come to it who have a very different agenda than I do. And it may mean something completely different to them. And, and But if they're not interested, they're not interested. Right. The world's a big place. I mean. True. Tell me what you think is going to make the world better because I might want to get behind that. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have, I guess I don't have advice for them, but I do wonder about if there are other people in their life who they feel like um, I would just sort of by happenstance of being a lean in coach on the website, I, I was referred to Jessica Melnick who runs the Girls United group. Okay. And so this was this lovely thing. I wasn't, that wasn't on my agenda things to get behind girls locally who are doing this work. But I wonder about that. If, if it's a woman or if it's a man who has a girl in her life who's struggling with some of these issues that Jessica is taking on, that's a pretty big lean in to get behind a young person leaning in because, so I, 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 I guess I'm with someone who doesn't, who would find a way to say, are you sure there's not anything about this project? Like, is it, right. do you really have as diverse a circle as you want? I mean, it's a pretty low bar for lean in together community. Mm-hmm. Check us out. See if there's like, there's so much room to like do it your own way. Sure. Start your own group that's like leading out. Right. (laughs) Do it. You know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's just really an opportunity to connect. Sure. And if that doesn't interest you or you want to connect with a particular other subgroup, well, that's all well and good. I mean, so I guess we don't feel any need to have you if (laughs) this isn't your thing. Right. Um, I feel feel like you're, you're right. There are a lot of ways and I struggle to come to meetings because I have a busy life and the... You have a what life? Bus- I have a busy life. I have a full life. <laughs> We're trying not to say I'm busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, How's it working? <laughs> yeah, for the most Apparently part. Apparently not. Yeah. Um, but, no, no. But it, uh, Wednesdays specifically are, you know, that's when I pick up my daughter and it's it's more difficult schedule-wise. Sure. Does that, is that better? Yeah. More difficult schedule-wise. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I feel like I participated in Lean In for a year before I ever physically arrived um, at a meeting. You and I would talk. There's Facebook. There's you know all the online stuff. So mm-hmm. you can learn about it and be part of it, I think, even if you... Oh, I mean, I maybe I'm more pragmatic than a lot of people, but it's just like when I went to Turkey, I contacted the Lean In leader in Istanbul, now, I'll probably know FaZa for the rest of my life. So it's just this awesome. really great way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. This woman I'm probably also going to be connected to forever in St. Louis, Eva. Like, if I ever think my life is hard, I just remember the life that Eva's living. And I'm like, no, it's not actually hard. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. mistaken. I forgot. Yeah. Cool. So Lena is the LinkedIn for... I am leashing female ambition in my mind. Yeah. And if you don't have ambitions yet, maybe you'll have them later. Sure. Mm-hmm. Call us back later. Call us back later. We're going to be even better in the future. So. <laughs> 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 stuff. I mean, it's just... It's yeah, time for the random fun. questions jar. Woohoo! the paper. You get to pick whichever one you want. We don't know what they are. Oh my gosh, you got three. This one. And you have to write one too. Oh, good. 
What was your favorite cartoon as a kid? <laughs> well, I'll say because I'm one of the few people I know who loves Skype, one to ten, I love it at a ten. Then mm. I'll say the Jetsons because oh. I didn't really think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to happen. And so every time I pull it up and I see my friend in this, let's say in Istanbul, and I see this little plume of mist I assume was tea it turns out she's smoking in her house but like there's cool <laughs> stuff why they had to put on that little mask and Jetsons so yeah like there's stuff people would hide if mm-hmm. you could see them mm-hmm. so I remember that and I remember thinking no nah, that could never happen that could never happen but that is cool and it's so easy yeah and I grew up in a pretty nonverbal household so there was a lot of body language and I think that's part of why I love mm-hmm. Skype yeah I'm like looking for they're saying this, but what's really going on? <laughs> Are they really happy to be with me here? Well, even just the rhythm of a conversation, like Josh and I talked on the phone today, and I guess we're not good at it. <laughs> we talked over each other the whole time. <laughs> well, I was on my watch, too, which is something I never thought would happen. Oh, yeah. That's what was wrong. I yeah. cannot hear you. Don't okay. talk to well, me on your yeah. watch. Um, I thought I'd give it a shot. James Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Dick Tracy. Yes. Dick's Tracy. <laughs> there was only one Dick Tracy. There's no plural there. Need another coffee. <laughs> well, thanks for talking to us, Linda. This was super fun. That was amazing. You guys are awesome. I'm so pleased to get to know you. No, you. <laughs> no, you're awesome. Right. <laughs> it's like a right my question, right? Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash ProHumans, Stitcher at ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week. <laughs> <laughs>